Everybody good? You happy? You walking in victory? The joy of the Lord? Or are you sad and depressed? All right. Because we don't let sad people stay sad very long around here. (laughs) Amen. Thank God he made Danny with good sweat glands. Nobody look at Danny right now. I'm going to continue uh, um, a title that I said, Attributes of a Champion. This will be part four. I'm not intending to make a big series or anything, but it goes along with the year of the maximum and the highest level attainable. And the Lord began to speak to me about this. He uh, took me back to my... Days of sports where in sports, uh, everybody is looking to win a championship, which is in sports the highest level attainable. And then he began to uh, give me some spiritual insights as to how we can do that as believers. And so uh, if you've never played sports, that's okay. It's not a prerequisite to understanding. Uh, But if you have Jesus, then you're in the right place. And so tonight we're going to talk about the winning mentality, and we'll do our base scripture in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Verse 13, brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're supposed to forget the things behind and reach forward to the things ahead. Verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, so this verse is saying what these previous verses are talking about because of what we just talked about, then we can come to this conclusion Okay, therefore, let us, it's talking about you, turn to your neighbor and say, it's talking about you, as many as are mature have this mind or this mindset. That's what we're going to talk about tonight is a winning mindset. So Paul is saying that we should have this mindset. What is he saying? Well, you got to go back and and read this again. He had attained some things. He had done some things, some good. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, in our life, there are things that we need to forget and, and still reach forward. We can't live on past successes or failures. We need to be pressing forward in the things of God and moving forward. God is a future-minded God. He's, he's with us now. He is, a, he is in our past. He's in our present, but He's taking us in our future. He's with us. So He's bringing us to that place. He has plans of good for us, not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. And so He's trying, He's with us. I love uh, Dr. Savell's message. He's, he's in us, with us, and for us. And so these things, and so Paul's saying, if you're mature, if you're spiritual, if you're working to be perfected and completed, 
you have this same mindset. That I'm forgetting things that are behind. I'm reaching forward to the things that are ahead. Because God's still got good things ahead. I believe that we're the, and and many prophets have said that, that we're the end of the end days. Where everything right now is accelerated. That the, the, the greatest move that's ever been known to man is upon us. Which means there's a lot of great things to happen. And if God has given you any kind of vision or dream or shown you anything in your future that has not come to pass, God is not a man that he can lie. Come on. That's it. Amen. That means he still wants you to fulfill what he's shown you in your heart. That's good news. So he says, if you're mature, you have this mindset. This is a winning mindset. I can't base my future on my past successes or my past failures. In playing sports, that was one of my biggest issues that I had, was if I missed a shot. You know, if I, if I came out and I hit that first shot, then the confidence was was there. I could I I could make the next seven, and and sometimes I did. If I came out and missed the first shot, or I missed two, or I missed three in a row, well, the confidence began. Oh, I don't want to miss four in a row because zero for four is worse than zero for three, <laughs> right? That's the same thing. Why my golf game is uh, better than Pastor Justin's, but still slightly below average. Because I used to get so mad that I would hit a bad shot when I wanted to do good. I wanted to hit a good shot. And I saw good shots. And so I looked at it, I'd line it up, balls on the tee, the wind's gently blowing. The, the leaves are bristling. The birds are chirping. There's a squirrel that's running in the woods. You're taking it all in. Practice swing. So smooth. And then you get up and you duff it 20 feet in front of you. It doesn't even make it past the lady's seas. And you think, you know, that's not how I saw it going in my mind. (laughs) And you know, that's some people's lives. They say, this isn't how I saw my life going. But I've got good news for you. No matter where you're at in life right now, God still has a plan for you. It's a plan of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 2020, a lot of Christians, maybe not lost hope altogether, but had a loss of hope. And it showed. 
It showed in their faith. It showed in their joy. It, it showed up everywhere. It, it, it was like uh, I heard people saying, well, it just seems like the devil's winning. You know, and it, where's God in all this? And, it, and all this stuff. And they begin to ask these questions and begin to questioning God. It's one thing to ask questions, but it's another thing to questioning God. Because then you begin to doubt His character and His nature. So Paul says this mindset, this is what we call a winning mindset, is we're going to forget the things which are behind and reach forward. That, that word reach forward in the study... Uh, in the Hebrew, it means a, it, it gives a picture of a believer that is straining forward to reach the full impact of the resurrection. Now consider this for a moment. All of humanity was in sin. All of humanity was in darkness. And there was prophesied a Savior. God couldn't find a man. He searched the whole earth. So he sent his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Perish in what? Sin. But have what? Everlasting life. Eternal life. This was a destination, eternal change. When Jesus, it was a complete game changer for mankind. For all eternity. We're not talking about a lifespan of 70, 80, 90, 120 years. We're talking about an eternal change. This is huge. It's huge. And so when he's talking about straining or reaching forward to the full impact of the resurrection, is that... He came from death back to life. Jesus came from death to the grave back to life. Resurrected. And because of that, the authority and dominion that God had given man from the beginning was now restored. And that's when Jesus came back and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. After the resurrection. And then he said, go therefore. So what did he do? Delegated this authority, delegated back the dominion, the authority back to man that God had originally intended man to walk this earth. To subdue the earth. Fill the earth. This was huge. And so how we relate to this. So Paul, in verse 10, if you go back, it says, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So Paul's like probably knew Uh, maybe knew, had a better relationship than Jesus than maybe anybody. 
arguably. But he said that I may know him and the power of the resurrection. In other words, I'm, then he goes on these five, four verses later and said, I'm reaching forward to this. I'm reaching forward because I want to, I want to experience everything that Jesus going from death to life can do in my life. I can now walk in peace, perfect peace. Like Peter did when he stepped out on the water. He stepped out on the water in a storm, but was at peace. I can walk in joy, abundant joy. I can walk in perfect health. See, God's perfect design for mankind is that we walk in divine health. That's still his, his will. Now, the goal is to get healthy no matter what, whether that's through medicine, through doctors. We want to get healthy so that we walk in divine health. So you can use your faith all along the way. Back in the day when that message was first preached, he wants you to have perfect, you know, you can have perfect vision. People would throw their glasses down, stomp on them, and then go get in a car accident because they couldn't see. Maybe don't stomp on your glasses until it's manifested. (laughs) But that's still his plan. I'm just saying the full impact of the resurrection. And so when Paul says, that may know him in the power of his resurrection, and then he says, and the fellowship of his sufferings. I thought, the Lord said to me, the fellowship of my sufferings. I said, okay. I was talking to a guy one time and I said, I was talking about this Hobby Lobby guy, owner, you know. And he's done it, he's done it, he's built a nice business. <laughs> Is that understated? Yeah. The billionaire. The guy's a billionaire, multi-billionaire. And uh, they play Christian music in Hobby Lobby. I know because I've had to go in there. Coerced, if you will, against my will. <laughs> By the way, today's Nikki's birthday. That's how you make up for that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, when I married her, I robbed the cradle. You know what I mean? What are you, 32? So anyway, Hobby Lobby, this guy, he, uh, what was I even going to say about it? Yeah, so I said to this guy, and this was a preacher. I said to him, I, you know, I would hope that God could trust me with finances like that because I'm a giver, you know, and I, and I would, I would be able to help finance the, the gospel and the, around the world. And 
And I would hope that God, he goes, yeah, but can he trust you with suffering? It's a religious preacher. So can he trust you with suffering? I thought, okay. So, uh, so I'm at his church. He'd asked me to come preach at his church. And I had turned him down like three or four times. And so I said to uh, my wife, I said, if he asks me the next time, I'm going to say yes. And then we'll just see what the Lord does. And so he asked me again. I said, yes. So I said, well, what's, what's it like, you know, Wednesday night? He said, oh, he goes, the people, they just sit there. And uh, there's not much life, you know, they just kind of, they, they kind of just, you know, come and we take prayer requests and, and uh, blah, blah, blah. It kind of gave me the rundown. I thought, wow, this sounds really exciting. <laughs> you know, really looking forward to getting in there. And so <clears throat> I get in there and the first 25 minutes was taking prayer requests. And so... For example, Vic started with his prayer request, okay? And then uh, Joseph topped Vic's prayer request (laughs) because Joseph's situation was much worse than Vic's. But then Phelan outdid Joseph. And can you imagine 27 people later how serious we were talking about on the prayer request? And that's when... When nobody can top that, then that's when the prayer requests cease. And now we try to pray for everyone. (laughs) So I'm sitting over there going, (laughs) how in the world am I going to get up and preach after all this unbelief? Because it was people that, it wasn't a prayer request. It was people that were taking their situation and making it a badge of honor in front of other people of who had it worse. Well, when Paul's talking about the fellowship of his sufferings, it has nothing to do with any of that. What the fellowship of his sufferings has to do with is that Jesus paid a price. He paid a price. He was beaten. He was bruised. He hit nails in his feet, nails in his hands, the crown of thorn. They spit on him. They mocked him. He carried the cross to the hill. He put the, the people on his left and right. They said, one of them said, why don't you call down the angels if you're the son of God? Mocking him. They speared him. That was the fellowship of his sufferings because now... As a believer that has gone from death to life. That's what happens as believers. This is, this is Christianity 101. When you get born again, your spirit man becomes alive. You are born into this world. And I know we could, we could talk semantics about at what age and, and things where you can make a decision... But for the purpose of what I'm saying, you are born into this world dead, but alive naturally. But then when you get born again, which Jesus said, you must be born again. It means that your spirit man goes from death to life. 
And we find that in Ephesians chapter 2, and when you put that in the, in the Passion Translation uh, up there, please. Ephesians chapter 2. And you, do you have the Passion? That's Passion? There you go. So the King James says, don't go back, just stay there. The King James says, and you he made alive who were dead in your sin and trespasses. Talking about you, believer. Point at somebody and say, that's talking about you. So tell someone, you were dead and now you're alive. That's what's happened. This is huge. The reason why this is important is because if we don't understand the basics of our Christianity then we can't build on that foundation of the new revelations. And his fullness fills you even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sin and offenses. Okay? It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority. It says that that Satan is the god of this world. So it's talking about before you became saved, this was you. Okay? You were obeying dark. You were in the earthly realm, filled the atmosphere. You were working diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. You were a sinner. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. In other words... Uh, selfish life, which is the opposite of love, is selfishness. You can say it's hate, but... We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated. We sinned as sinners. I don't know why people get so mad at sinners for sinning. That's what sinners do. Sinners sin. Somebody write that down. Living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. He's never stopped loving mankind. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. The nastiest human being, God still loves them and is trying to rescue them from eternal damnation. And he sends laborers and he, and he sends people in their path. He sends preachers to preach the gospel that will spark a seed in their heart so that their eternal destination can be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the power that's in the gospel. The power to save someone. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins... He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by this wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ. Now we're talking about, okay, hey, hey, this is what's going on now. We've gone from death to life. He's raised us up with Christ. From where? From the grave, dead in our sin and trespasses, and up from the grave he arose with victory in his hands. And we ascended with him 
into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Where? In the heavenly realm, high above all principalities and powers. Next. Throughout the coming ages, we will be, watch this, the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of His grace and kindness. You are... You are his infinite display of glory. Wow. That's you. You once were dead, but now you're alive. And so when he talked about the fellowship of his sufferings, he was talking about what the death meant was that it led to life. Because Paul said if he doesn't rise or raise from the dead, our preaching is in vain, our faith is futile. Because there's other gods that have walked the earth, God's little g, that haven't risen from the dead. They are still dead. And there are people that serve a dead God. But our God is not dead. Our God is alive. alive. And if you believe in him, and Pastor Justin said it Sunday morning, that if you believe the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead. If God doesn't raise him from the dead, we are still dead. So all this is important because What this means is that this believer that is straining or reaching forward to the full impact of the resurrection means that everything that is alive in Christ and is life is what we can now experience. The life of God. The creative force, life of God. So Paul says, as many are as are mature, you need to have this mindset. You're alive. You're alive. You're, you're alive. <laughs> I'm alive. Because he is alive. I'm seated with him. Co-seated. My name is written on my seat because he knows my name. So that's a champion mindset. Paul said in another verse, such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. (laughs) You were baptized. I'm, I'm making stuff up now. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? And so walk in this newness of life. Walk in this newness of life.
The message translation says this in verse 15. It says, so let's keep focused on that goal. What goal? That I'm pressing toward the goal, the upward call of Jesus Christ. We're, hey, we're, we're, we're about there. We're about there. We will see him. We will touch him. We will see those again who have gone by way of the grave that are in heaven. We will see them. We will touch them. We will hug them. We will fellowship with them. We will, we will praise at the throne with them. We're, we're getting there. So he says, we got to stay focused on that. Where we're going to. This is a champion mindset. This is a mature mindset. So let's stay focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, then God will clear your your blurred vision. In other words, what he's saying is, Eric paraphrased, if you have something else in mind other than that, then you're looking at the wrong things and not things that are eternal. You're looking at things that are temporary. When Peter stepped out on the water on a word from Jesus and walked on water, he was, he was walking on water. Now, this, the storms were uh, raging. It wasn't that the storms were any worse when he began to sink necessarily. It was that his eyes became focused on something other than Jesus. That's when he began to sink. So he said, let's stay focused on that. So I want to give you a couple things here. Number one, to have a winning mindset, you must believe, you must, number one, believe that you can win. Dr. Savell did a whole Sunday message about that, believing that you can go to the maximum. There's a lot of people that like the, like the word, it sounds good, but they don't believe it for them and their situation. Because in their experience, they've experienced this, this, and this. And their, their mom said this, and their grandparents said this. That is not a winning mindset. A losing mindset is one that makes excuses of why something can't be attained. We are not... We are alive. We are victorious because He's won the victory. Yes, sir. We are not victims. No. That's good. He bore our griefs and our sorrows. He bore them so that we can walk in faith in this new life, knowing that in this world I'll have tribulation, but I'm going to be of good cheer because Jesus said he's overcome the world. I think about, you know, when I think about attacks against my life, you know, if you think you've got attacks, try getting in the ministry. Try 
raising a teenager. (laughs) And I always think, you know, well, at least we don't have it as bad as Donald Trump. I mean, that man comes under so many attacks. Whether you believe they're warranted or not, either way. But you must first believe that you can win. So you have to see yourself winning. That's why you saw God change people's names like Abraham. Abram, you'll now be called Abraham, which means the father of many nations. Look at the stars. Visualize. Look at the stars. Every time you go out and look at the stars, he visualized I'm the father of many nations. Peter had this revelation. Jesus was the Christ. Peter, you're a rock. What's that? A visualization. Did you know that the rock of Gibraltar is so large? There's an airport that uh, I was just talking to a guy, the UK director, our UK director. He said, if the wind is going a certain way, you can't even land in the airport. They just shut it down. Because the rock's so big, you have to be able to go over the rock and land. And it's a short runway. The rock of Gibraltar is huge. Gideon, he said, I'm the weakest of my clan. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. Visualize. Visualization. So what does that mean? That means that the words that are in the Bible are for me. And I have to practice those and visualize and meditate. That's what it's talking about. When it's talking about meditating. See, Satan has twisted the, the the word meditating. And so when people talk about meditating, it's like this weird uh, Eastern thing. And it's not. It's meditating. It's like taking the scriptures and chewing them up over and over and over again. Like, like this Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. I've just been chewing on this for months. So I'm giving you like some revelation I've had for months and hoping you get it by the Holy Spirit. But I have faith enough that you are getting it by the Holy Spirit. So, what would cause someone to not believe? Well, you could say fear, right? Why do people say, well, I can't? What is that? Why I can't? I talked to my son when he was very small. He was trying to get it. I said, hey, get your tricycle. He's like four, four years old. Get your little tricycle and put it in the garage. And he was trying to mess with it. and It was just a little too big for him to, to get it. And he got so frustrated that he couldn't get this tricycle in the garage that he literally threw it down, sat down on the ground. He said, I can't do it. I can't. I looked at him. I took him by the shoulders. Who said, aw? Oh. Well, that's how I felt too. I took him by the shoulders and I said, listen to me. You don't ever say you can't. Do you hear me? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Do you hear me? Do you know that that verse actually means that he is giving you the strength to make it possible so that you can do? So I can't is your reliance in yourself. 
There's no faith in it. None. So for you to believe that you can win, you must believe that you can, not in your own ability, but in his ability who has won the ultimate victory, eternal victory for all of us. That's why Paul said, when I am weak, therefore I rejoice in my weakness. Who does that? Oh, I am so weak. I rejoice in this. No, what he was saying was that when I recognize there's a weakness in my life, that means that there's an opportunity for me to exercise my faith so that I pull on the victory and the life that Jesus provided so that I have the strength now to come in and fill my weakness. I'm totally relying on him to do that, to complete me. not just a movie line. So I'm sitting there last week and God says to me, I'm a, your very present help. I said, yes, you are. I looked that up. Present means you're able to find him. Pretty simple. Ever or very means exceedingly abundantly, but it also uses the word infinitely. I am your infinitely present help. Or, if you, re- if you reverse that, He will help you infinitely amount of times. So He doesn't take a break from helping you. So when you call on Him, He's always there to help you and to fill your weakness with His strength. So it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of of trouble. And then it says, therefore. So because of this last statement, I'm going to now make this statement. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Because he's our very present help. He will help us infinitely. He will help us infinitely. And it says in Isaiah, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. So even though we get weary and we think, well, God might be weary of me calling on him. Nope, he never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So what are you waiting on? What are you seeking after? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's strength by the anointing of God being infused in your spirit, man, right now, in your soul, in your body, all of it right now. You're being filled with strength. That's why I just wonder how people that are Christians, how they make it when they don't go to church, they're in the world constantly, 
you have to be a very, very strong, mature believer. I would say it's, it's, a, it's a very small percentage where you can make it without church, without a preacher, because that requires the preaching of the word, which, which the hearer, it does what? Would the hearer does what? Brings faith. Faith comes by hearing by the, how should they hear without a? As much as your husband or wife think that they're a preacher, the gifts that Jesus gave were pretty specific. You know, and they're in the, they're set up in the church. So we got to deal with that uh, when you when you talk about um, hanging around. You know, for you to be able to believe that you can win, you better have some people around you that believe they can win and you can win as well. Increase by association is a real thing. And bad company corrupts good morals. And so if you, you know, the problem with the, with the prison system is I, I went and ministered in prisons for 15, 16 years in, in Michigan. And we were in three prison systems. And the problem is, is when they release the prisoners and now they're, they're out on parole, they have to go back to where they were from. Unless there is a, uh, a program, right, that they get approved to go toward, to or whatever. And so when they go back to where they were from, there's friends there that are still there that probably got them in trouble. So they go back to the same environment that they, that they were incarcerated from it's bad company corrupts good morals blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly now if you're gonna choose to get ungodly counsel and not listen to the preacher the minister not heed the word of god i know the bible says but then you probably won't live the blessed life that God's intended you to live. Did I make that plain enough? So, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the, or the, or the gossiper. If you're going to hang around with people that gossip all the time, it will get on you and it's not going to build faith in you and you're not going to believe that you can win because everything's crashing down. The world's crashing down. The chicken, what's his name? Chicken Little. The sky's falling because everyone around me says it is. Ten people, ten people 
convinced a million people that they shouldn't go in and take this land that God promised them. It says, go in and possess the land. Go in and possess the land. He promised it to him. Go, go in and possess the land. Ten people convinced a million people. And the Bible says that they wept and wailed. Like, this was like anguish. Because the two people that were trying to bring the million people up to a place where they could believe what God said. Ten people. Think about it. Ten people. Ten people. What's the ratio of ten and a million? Okay, nobody took math. That's good. All right, well, we'll move on. But you get the idea. Yeah. Have you resisted to bloodshed as well? He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. That's good news for us. People think, whoa. That's, that's kind of hard. No, that's great news. That he can sympathize with my weakness. Which means that I can call on him in my weakness and he can help me infinitely. Hmm. What's that scripture? So it says, so it goes on to say, uh, so we can boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. Boldly. Like Jesus' victory gave us access to the Father who is our infinite help to boldly come to Him no matter what so that I can get mercy. And the Bible says that he's rich in mercy because of his love. And pastors preached on that. God's response is mercy. And infinitely helping you. Infinitely forgiving you. Infinite. There's, there's nothing you can do that uses up all the blood. Oh no, Jesus, uh, he's hit his mark on what your blood could do for him. So he's out. No. There is no sin that is greater than the blood of Jesus. Washes us and cleanses us. It makes us white as snow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. It's the power of the gospel to salvation. It's good news. 
Number two. Paul said that those that have this mind, then you need to forget the past and forgetting the things which are behind and reach forward. There comes a time where even though Aunt Sally said those naughty things about you when you were young, we have to forgive. We have to move on. If you're going to attain and reach everything that Jesus did for you in the resurrection, you can't reach forward and reach back. So what that means is we have to stop looking at the things which can be seen. We have to look at the things that are unseen. Focus on the upward prize, the goal, meeting Jesus Christ. Focus on who we are now, walking in this newness of life. Not only in forgiving others, but also in forgiving ourselves. I know for me, I was the hardest person on me than anyone else could have ever been on me. So you have to come to a place where you forgive you that you not only apply the forgiveness for someone else, but you apply it to yourself. It says that I have strength for all things. This is Philippians 4.13. In Christ who empowers me, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And that's what I was saying earlier is, like, if I if I've in sports missed a few shots or, I mean, I, I hit some shots at the buzzer that won games. But the ones that I remembered were the ones I missed. But either way, we go on in who we are in Jesus Christ and the victory that he's provided for us. That's a winning mindset. It's Christ's impartation of his divine ability that's working in us. So we come to this conclusion because of that. We can have no limitations. That's a big statement. People lose their confidence because they try to do things in their own strength instead of his strength. In his grace, in his anointing, in his callings, in his giftings. And they try to get out because they see somebody else and they think that that gifting is more prestigious than the gift that God's put in them. And it's not. Perfect your own gift and because He's made you to be you and He's put you here on purpose so that He can use your gift. Your gift, Kevin.
Number three, never quit. Oh, that's so cliche. Yeah, this, this, uh, they made this little thing uh, one time on the Instagram. I don't have any social media. Uh, I know that's probably archaic. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a, an Instagram. Uh, I don't have an account on SpewTube. Uh, what's the other ones? Yeah. I don't know how to twit anything. So anyway, I was preaching at this one church and they put on the Instagram a picture of me and the, the quote was never quit. And so it came up on the feed and so I showed it, hey, look at this, pretty cool. You know, and they go, oh, that's, that's really like, oh, oh yeah, never quit. You know, that's like revelation, <laughs> you know. Hey, here's something for you. Never quit. Those two words are the reason why people attain and then people don't attain. Why people attain the maximum and people that don't attain the maximum. So it says, don't lose your bold, Hebrews 10, 35. Don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will in your life. You need endurance, patience, because God's painting your picture in life. And then you receive the promise in full. The last part of Hebrews chapter 10, verse around 37, 38, 39, it says that it won't be so long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. And it goes on to say, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we stay with it and survive trusting all the way. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? He says, he who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus, I've said this before, But Jesus was a finisher. You know, some people are good at starting stuff and not finishing it. Jesus was a finisher. Where he said, it is finished. What was finished? The victory. The victory for all time. The victory for eternity. It was right there. And it's just a simple choice that says, I believe. Isn't that amazing? You can stand, if you will. You know what's, what's on the flip side of that? What I think about are the, are the many people that don't make that choice. The simple choice... To, of I believe, and there's so many that don't make the choice. 
that don't receive the good news, that don't receive the love, that don't receive the mercy, that don't receive the kindness, that don't receive the compassion, that don't receive the joy, that don't receive the peace. Isn't that, don't you think, I mean, that's, doesn't that just hit you in the stomach? They could have this life here on the earth. That's, that's better than any life that they've imagined. I know you know. This man right here gets people saved every, every week. I'm not praising him. I'm just thank God for the gift that's in him that, that has a heart for people not going to hell. There's a real hell uh, in spite of what some people have taught incorrectly. It wasn't made for humans. It was made for the devil and his angels that we call demons. It's their punishment. But they're trying to take everybody with them. And that's why we're going to end this last days and that's why you Christian soldier some of you need to see yourself right now I'm a warrior I'm a I'm a soldier I'm a warrior well I've been wounded get over it we don't have time for that anymore Pastor can come clean this up after. What Eric was really saying was. That's, do you know that, uh, that, that self-pity is not faith at all? In fact, that's you making you your own God. You can't do anything about it. You can't do it. It's done. And I love you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. The The Lord is compassionate toward you. He hurts when you hurt. I feel this so strong. But sweetheart, it's time to let that go. Because it's, it's hurting your life. The life you have in God, I'm talking about. It's a good life. Isn't it, Pastor Phil? You've seen the goodness of God. Father, thank you so much. How much you love us. Your kindness, your mercy, your forgiveness, the joy, the peace, all of it. The sacrifice that you made, the suffering on the cross. And Lord, thank you 
for the victory. And Father, I thank you that as we leave here tonight, that like never before, we see ourselves walking this victory out as an open display of your goodness. An open display of your love and compassionate toward mankind, Father, that you do through us. Complete the work in us, Lord. Complete it. Make us... (laughs) Think of that little old uh, nursery rhyme. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. But he is faithful to complete it. And to do what he's promised. He is faithful to complete it. You did the best you could with your kids. They still have a choice. The seed is working in them. It's working. God never stops working. He never grows weary. It's working. Do you hear me? A little tough love tonight. Lord, we thank you for it. And now the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards our hearts and minds. And no weapon formed against your people will prosper. For we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name. Such a sweet presence of the Lord. Before Pastor Justin comes, just just lift your hands to him. Close your eyes. And just thank him. Thank him. Just, Just thank him. He saved you. Hey, you're born again. You're going to heaven. You're forgiven. You're victorious. You're an overcomer. And Father, we just, by the authority of Jesus Christ, the anointing of God, break every stronghold of the mind that would harass your people. We bind you in Jesus' name and command you to go from them and never return. They'll go out with joy. They'll be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. There will be shouts of joy. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Under God, our creator, the one that won the victory. If you believe that tonight, say amen. Amen.